Hello, and welcome to The Summit, a podcast dedicated to the Judgment Eternal Champions miniatures game. I'm Wonky Kong, here with my co-host, Fabius Bile. How are you doing today, Fabius? Doing pretty good today, uh, Wonky Kong. Uh, it's been a heck of a week so far. Well, hopefully we can uh, we can make it a little bit better with some sweet, sweet Judgment discussion. Sounds like a good plan. All right, and as this is our first episode under our new new title of the summon, we're gonna do a little intro here, kind of just you know a little bit of background about myself and Fabius, and we're gonna discuss some uh, some of the beta tournament updates, and then we're gonna move on to some Kickstarter discussion because we got some of those juicy details. And with that, all right, Fabius, why don't you uh, tell our audience a little bit about yourself? All right, well, obviously, Discord name I go by is Fabius Bile. Um... And, you know, I've been doing gaming for about the last 10 or so years of my life. I've uh, been into Judgment for about four years of it. Uh, and it got, you know, I got into it because I have an interest in Warhammer. And I've had a little bit of interest in uh, War Machine. Never really played that, just more for building and painting models. And uh, it's it's been a huge boost for me to be able to sit down and do that. And now I found a game that, uh, really intrigues my tactical side of my brain when I'm thinking about this. So I, it's super, super great. And, uh, yeah. So what about you for your background? All right. I've actually been gaming for almost two decades now. Uh, my brother got me into gaming when I was very young doing like Warhammer and magic then I was kind of big into the Dragon Ball Z card game for a while. Started running events and stuff. It was good nice. times. Uh, and then I got into War Machine and Hordes. Quite a... Man, it feels like forever ago now. Like, it would have been pretty quick after they moved into, like, version or version 2 or whatever they called it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and uh, played that for a while. And then kind of, I don't know, kind of started wearing on me a bit. And then... Um, one of the guys out of Chicago, Chad, introduced me to Judgment and kind of pushed it on me a bit at a couple of our War Machine events. And then eventually found it at Adepticon in 2018, 2019. Okay. Uh, got a demo and I'm like, man, this game is, this one's for me. <laughs> I could tell, like, I was a big MOBA fan. I like the like the bigger models. I like the um, alternating activations. So after playing War Machine Hordes, you know, or in Warhammer and 40k forever, the whole, like, you sit there for 20 minutes while your opponent does their turn, and I just, you know, sit there and, you know, take it on the chin, and then hope I can, you know, rebuttal that, you know, on my turn. Um, it kind of turned me off a bit from miniature games. Um, but the alternating activations is so nice, right? It's like, you get to do something, I get to react. You get to do something, I get to react. And I really, really enjoyed um, enjoyed that aspect of Judgment. Uh and yeah, I've been running events for it now for a bit um, out of Milwaukee. So we were one of the meadows. I know that we're running some in-person events prior to uh, pandemic things, kind of putting a hamper on that. But I do look forward to running more events in the future once we can kind of get back to in-person gaming uh, in a safe fashion. Totally makes sense. So uh, in that case, obviously this is something that we should definitely both talk about. Um do you have some favorite heroes and or gods, you know, or both that we can intrigue our listening audience with? Yeah, so if anyone's not familiar with me, um, Minotaurs, <laughs> all of them, all the time, um, are, are my favorite. Uh, I've always liked Minotaurs. Like, I used to kind of read Greek mythology when I was younger, um, and the Minotaur Labyrinth stuff was always kind of cool. Um, so I just really enjoy the fact that this game has Minotaurs in like more of the traditional sense, not like the kind of pseudo minotaurs of Warhammer fantasy, right? The beastmen are kind of like, I don't know, minotaur esque, I guess. I don't, I don't know how else to describe them. Uh, so I really like that. And then I've always been a dwarf fan. So minotaurs and dwarves are kind of like, it's my comfort zone. Those are always my favorites. Uh, but obviously uh, Doan Rigar is by far my favorite. Gendrus is kind of coming in a close second. She's really, really fun in version two. Um, and then because of that, Gruul is definitely the god I have uh, enjoyed the most. But I've been playing a lot of Tomas lately because I, I am intrigued by some of the com combos you get under that god. Uh, so any kind of gods or heroes you're really into? Uh, so ironically enough, I 
have kind of been around the block on all of them but Gruel. So it's kind of great that you've settled there. Um, but really, I started with uh, Bruellen as my god that I started playing with. Enjoyed a lot of that. But now I've really settled on Krognar being, I think, my god of choice uh, as a preferred one. And it's because of all the fun shenanigans I get to pull with uh, using Cradle, who is probably, I don't know if she's my favorite model, but she's definitely in my top, like, two or three. Um, I love the, I loved the old design that they had for her, and I actually really do love the new design that is out there for her, and I'm actually really excited to paint her. Um, but, yeah, the, the tricks and stuff that I get to use with uh, Krognar have really just kind of pulled me to that style, and Bartlow helped me discover that. Yeah, Cradle, when they did... So she got a bit of a rework from version 1 to version 2. And the thing that I actually find most intriguing about Cradle now is I think a lot of times people were using her essentially more as an aggressor. Mm -hmm. In in version 1, right, she was a dual wield that could kind of put out some damage with a little bit of effort because she was dual wield and then the way that the Shadow Mist worked, she could crank out a deceptive amount of damage with Shadow Wraith. Um, And they kind of got rid of the damage component of Shadow Wraith. And then they kind of made her work without having to spend fate, which is a thing they've done now with two heroes. Um, So she doesn't have a single fate ability on her card anymore, I don't believe, unless Mm -hmm. she gets it at levels. No, she doesn't have fate. And then um, Thor, yep. And then Thorgar also in the move to version two doesn't have a single fate ability on his card. Yep. Um, and that's actually intriguing because that was always a paradigm, at least in version one, right? Like every mm-hmm. hero had a fate ability that was supposed to be like their big splash move that they could do, right? That no one else could do yeah. this thing. Uh, so it's kind of intriguing that they, they moved away a bit of that. I'm actually interested to see if that's something every once in a while we will get more heroes that don't require fate. Because uh, I think it's an interesting way, right? Like, she works around damaging models with Shadow Mist versus, you know, I'm just going to spend a fate to do something. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think it's an, a very interesting mechanic to see happening right now, um, especially because the one, you know, one of the gods neither of us mentioned is Torin, and you have a whole god power sent around, oh, let's make fate-costing abilities more expensive. I would love to see a few more heroes that are really kick-ass, but uh, as we like to refer to them a lot of the time in the Discord as Fate Light. So yep. that way you can actually take them as an option for playing and go, okay, yeah, this fits this part of my warband, and I don't really have to worry about that Fate expenditure. Drogoth's another perfect case of that. Like, he's got one Fate ability unless you level him up with a second one. Yep. <clears throat> and you still only use that one Fate ability when you absolutely need it. Otherwise... You just tend to let him run through people and swing, right? Yeah, that's definitely. It's it'll be cool to see if they kind of keep some of that going because we have. Well, obviously, we're still in the the process of getting to version two, um, so we haven't seen anything new. In a, I mean, new hero rules wise. In addition to what's out there, obviously, we had Grail, right. um, who was not quite done before version two was kind of announced, um, and they kind of put him on the shelf for now to get version two out. And then we've seen Yargweth, I think his name yeah, was, or Yargeth, the yeah, the uh, cyborg Minotaur, which obviously we just have a picture, no rules. Right. All right. And you and I both uh, go, give us our cyber Minotaur. <laughs> yes. Oh, I want that guy so bad. Right. All right. So uh, I think this is a perfect kind of time to segue, since you mentioned that we're still in the beta of it, into the, you know, we want to give you guys a quick rundown on the... Uh, beta tournament that's going on right now for those of you that aren't super following it um, we're not going to go in depth as to who's where or anything like that but we're going to talk about like some of our you know mine and uh, Wonky's war bands a little bit how have our games gone and a quick rundown on that so Wonky why don't you give us a start on that all right so um, as I've talked about how much I enjoy Gruel I actually played Tomas um, in this in this event Um, They did unlock, uh, or they unlocked lists, essentially, because of the way that patching was kind of hitting. Um, So I started with a Tomas list. Kind of, it feels pretty, to me, it feels like 
with Tomas, there's a couple of more standard-ish lists, and then you kind of fill in a few pieces here and there. Okay. Um, and so I went with a more poisoned theme Tomas list. So I, I originally was running Styx, Fazil, Rakir, Marcus, Mazuzi, Ankara, Jaeger. Okay. The idea here being for immunity, tend to immune Fazil or Styx, depending on the matchup. So Styx, if I really need Nullify, like into the Gruel matchup, um, it can be pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Styx just does all sorts of hilariously fun things. Um, or Fazil, because Fazil in Tomas is very strong. He did get a little bit of nerf going into version 2, but uh, if you get him rolling a bit, he's kind of insane to kill. Mm-hmm. Um Especially because I like, in this build, I like kind of throwing diamond armor on him. And then with Marcus in protective stance, that's a res 2 Fazil um, that ignores the armor piercing part. And it gets, he's pretty durable. I mean, obviously, edgy 4 res 2 is kind of a pain. He leeches up. You can overleech. He can get a huge hit point pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can be kind of brutal. Um he is a bit more fate heavy to run nowadays that the decap requires a fate. So there is some of that in this warband. Um, in my first round, uh, I did have some fate issues because right. Rakir kind of wants it for toxin. Fazil kind of wants the, like at least the threat of decapping. Um, Ankura kind of wants it for the bell. Uh, so I had, and then sticks kind of wants it to throw in the swap. So I didn't do well in the first round. I lost, um, second round, I got the buy, uh, and that was when lists unlocked. So I went for a more, I guess, a very different approach to Tomas a bit from what I had, but you'll hear a lot of the similar heroes. So I've really wanted to try out Asho. Um, I haven't played him throughout all of the beta. Um, Zaffin is a, a hero I really like, and Asho is kind of like a little bit different of a flavor of Zaffin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I built a Tomas list around Ashel to try and get some, see how it would work out. Okay. Uh, that warband ended up being Sharn, Styx, Ashel, Fazil, Marcus, Kane, and Jaeger. Okay. Essentially, the idea was to try and find heroes. So Tomas is a, a bit of a fate problem, I feel. <laughs> Every time I play Tomas, I feel like I am probably two-ish fate a turn less than I would like. So part of this warband was to go essentially very fate light yeah um so ashel on occasion will want it for the pinning shot uh fazil wants at least one to have the threat of a decap if you get the dice you need yep um and sticks kind of wants it if you get the swap uh sharn does kind of want it to punt people but it doesn't feel like a hard requirement yeah i was gonna say i'm gonna butt in here on that one she's definitely not one that you like need to prep for it um, it's very situational in the fact that if you have an opportunity to do it, then it's cool if you have the fate, but if you don't, she just smacks yep. him with the hammer anyway. Yeah, in, and in the game I played, um, my Jaeger was banned, and my Styx was banned. So I was playing, you know, okay. double res 2 <laughs> defender, you know, Ashel, Fazil, and Kane. Um, and it was on Scorched Earth, which, because Ashel is range 6, he can... Um, kind of get in that little nook behind the wall mm-hmm. and he can shoot to the same nook across your opponent's side mm-hmm. while covering most of the center of the map. So um, Ashel, I think, got to there and then pretty much just camped there. I think I started using some pushes to get him to move him over because my opponent was keeping stuff out. Uh, but Ashel did a fair amount of work. Um, first turn, I or second turn, I called Virtuoso. He double shot into uh, Barney doing two crits in a fire with the bombard. And then the next turn he did two solids with two bombards with the J trigger on a Kogan and a bastion that were adjacent. Oh um, yeah. So I didn't crit on either one to really put the damage through the roof, but it put, you know, 16 damage out across two heroes, putting both on fire. Yeah. Uh, it it kind of forced the game a bit yeah i mean you we both know from you know your love of zaffin and being able to just kind of look at that it's not always about getting that crit sometimes that's solid with the extra effect of poison or knockdown or 
you know, in this case, fire and doing damage to the other model. That is just so much better. Yeah, it was it was pretty brutal. And like he, because I I hammered the Barney early, he kind of had to have the Barney run away a little bit because mm-hmm. it did ten point. Uh, was it ten points of damage? I think no. He, yeah, it did ten points and plus fire. Mm-hmm. So put Barney down to six and on fire, kind of up, you know, a little bit in the center of the board. So he kind of had to like back up the the Barney away, and then uh, he was trying to test out Kogan, which if I would have played the game because I had two res two plus you know diamond armor plus mm-hmm. you know protective stance available, I probably would have banned Kogan. But I know he wanted to test Kogan, so I'm like, okay, I'll let you have Kogan. Um, but sense. he didn't get to do a whole lot with Kogan, to be honest. Uh, Ash will just kind of like, oh, that's an agility three Minotaur that hates fire. Uh, I'm just going to blast that guy. Yeah, I'm going to pick on you. That's, and that's, uh, I think that's what you have to do. Because, um, you know, there's been some debate about Ashel and whether or not Ashel is uh, viable or yeah, I, we've we've all seen that in the chat, right? Um, yeah, and, well, and it's more about Zaffin. It was a bit more about Zaffin, but Ashel has the two action problem as well. Right, but I mean, he suffers from the same problem that Zaffin does. So when people are talking about Zaffin, Ashel always comes up. And yep. I, I think the fact of the matter is, is you just have to a bring the tools that make them, you know, so that they can really take advantage of those two action shots. And B, you have to pick your targets well. You know, with Ashel, you have to start... You can't be picking elves as your shot targets unless you absolutely Um, have to. Yeah, I think I actually might slightly disagree on that with the elf. So, the the thing with the two action guys um, a bit is that it takes a lot to get them to... It can take a lot to get them to work. And then they are a bit easier to shut down. Um, they can be a bit easier to shut down. I, I I don't know exactly how this will play out in version two. I've only played one game with Ashel. Um, and I think only like one or two games with Zaffin. Um, and the thing with the two action stuff is first off, you get minimal attacks throughout the game. So the attacks you make are have to be good. And if you don't get good dice, it heavily swings the value you get from them. Yeah. Um, so that's a big part of it. So this one probably was a bit of an optimum game for Ashel. Ashel got to literally post up behind that wall. You can't attack across walls in version two unless you you are Staff of Gruel, um, Gendrus, or Hoxa. So in version one, most things could at least engage you across a wall, and you can't do that anymore. Right. So being able to post up behind that wall and have, you know, anything that's near the shrine, because we it was center like the center fire shrine mm-hmm. in the middle, and then the two offset soul pits. Mm-hmm. So he could have someone soul gaze outside of Ashel's range from where I had Ashel, but um, if he wanted to come in the middle, I think I controlled the foreign shrine like three ish times that game. Probably. Um, because I had, you know, double defender and then, yeah. uh, was kind of pushing stuff out and, and actually kind of forces an engagement a bit. That's the thing with range heroes is like, they, they have some power in how they make your opponent play. Yep. Like if you play too timid into a ranged aggressor, um, they can tear you apart. Uh, but sometimes bum rushing them, right? Like if you have a good counter punch, like in this case, I had Fazil and Kane. Right. Right. So like, that's, that's not, if, if you come into me, I'm going to, I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. Uh, um, well, and so what? Like all I was saying was, you have to pick your targets well and make the correct. Attacks. Correct. That that's what I was meaning more than you know targeting yep. elves. It's if you have a choice between a Barney and a Nephany to shoot, nine times out of ten you're gonna want to try and pick that Barney because the fact he's agility three, it means you're gonna get more dice, which increases your chance of your shot correct. actually working. Yep. But we all know sometimes you don't have that option, so. That's where you, then you just take what dice you can. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's the times where sometimes board state with Ashel or like Zaffin, right? Because it's the do I aim to get two shots at a less optimum target, or do I move to get one non-aiming shot at a more like it's there's some interesting stuff there. Uh, and and this one I felt pretty good about Ashel, but I also Ashel essentially got everything they wanted like i got him heart seeker so i used sharn to pull ashel to the effigy yep 
then bought Heartseeker, and then was able to walk into that the nook in that wall exactly yep. where I wanted to be. So it makes it it was a pretty optimum game for Ashley. We'll see how the warband goes going forward. Cause I don't think I'm going to change it. Yeah. Um, I do have, I've been going back and forth about the last slot. If I should use Jaeger, Saiyan or Mizuzi. Um right now I'm using Jaeger. Cause I like the monster control. I like the threat of the um, soul stripping. Uh, he also, also with this warband, it's, you know, Styx is a five, Sharn's a four, Marcus is a four, Kane's a four, Jaeger's a four. There's a lot of pretty reasonable soul gazing options, especially if they have a friend that I don't feel so bad running without yeah. uh, soul gazer. And we'll get into that one later for sure. <laughs> in <laughs> so, fact, it's going to be here uh, in just a second. Um, yeah. Because at this point, you know, uh, I'm going to butt in because we are at about the 21 minute mark and get okay. at least get us rolling through my side of the beta tournament. All right. Um, so we can get into the juice of meat and potatoes with the Kickstarter after this. Um, so I started with my Krognor warband that I have and it's honestly, I would say it's probably a pretty standard Krognor warband. Um, at least I would think it would be uh, because of the fact what I'm running is I've got Kane, Zarin, Victor, Lugdrug, Cradle, Cavardo, and Drelgoth. Um, out of all of that, the only non-champion uh, model is Drelgoth. Everybody else yep. is a champion of uh, Krognar. But uh, the fact of the matter is, is that I've been playing this list for a little bit, and it's really been interesting how it interacts with the board state so much uh because i've been finding drelgoth is my guy who tends to run in and he does a lot of damage right yeah but then all that's the kind sudden, of his job <laughs> that and that is his job and what happens a lot of the time it feels like is he d goes in does damage gets himself killed but in getting himself killed he sets me up for that counter punch you were talking about in a way Yep. Um, because I don't have a ton of tanky models in there, right? I have Lug Drug, but he's also my immunity choice right away, so he's who yep. I bring into the game no matter what. Um, and Cradle has been just an MVP for me in all my games, which has really been awesome. So uh, with uh, with Lug Drug, who do you tend to ward? Because that's always a big If big I have Cradle, I feel... Cradle usually. Okay. Um, because with Cradle with those two together, it's almost guaranteed that Lugdrug's going to be able to do some attacks and get some Shadow Mist tokens for her. And then on top of that, with her dual wield, she's going to be able to push enough that she can keep him healed and herself healed well enough to uh, tank some of those extra hits, if that makes okay. sense. Um, as for, you know, like, the reason I mainly chose this warband is because I had Krognar was the one god I hadn't given a fair shake to yet in the beta, and so I was like, "Well, let's play that for the tourney." That gave and it forces me to play Krognar, so I'm really happy I did it. Um, and so far I'm two and zero. Nice. Which, of course, there's been a huge, you know, there was some huge discussion on the Discord for a little bit because my last game was with uh, Refugee, and it was a five-hour game. All right, um, so you gotta tell me. Yeah, how did you happen to have a five-hour game, man? <laughs> Neither of us signed up for a five-hour game, right? Um, but what ended up happening is we both uh, basically started in the middle of the deployment zone and kind of went for the middle zone control of the shrine. Well, monsters moved very slow, but he had moved uh, like the first turn. We had an inferno and. Uh, I want to say an Inferno and an Ashtooth. Anyway, they moved okay. slow enough that they basically didn't do a whole lot. Uh, second turn went by. We both kind of gathered in around the shrine. I was pushing people around trying to do some damage and get them set on fire to set them up for my uh, third turn. And he was able to pull me in a little bit to his side through the third turn. And it basically came down to where we, did, we ended up going like three or four turns where nobody's hero died because... He got my Drelgoth to one health. I was able to Shadow Orb Lug Drug into the center shrine. 
as okay. a final activation, basically, to control the center shrine, shop with it and get the two fate and spend it to get the uh, healing surge. Oh, jeez, okay. First action, lug drug ward placements over to Cradle, basically, which is right next to lug drug, heals, yep. lug, or heals uh, Drogoth and goes, cool, shoot, shoot. Then oh, he proceeded to do the same thing with Restoration Potion on Nephany, who was at three health. So both of our potions slash healing surgeons were used that turn. Yeah, they were used basically in turn three ish to pull people back to full life. So we had effectively a game reset. Okay. Then we had uh, he finally harvested because we both had banned our soul gazers, so we had no okay. soul gazing either, um, which comes into play. Because we both, uh, he made a soul gaze attempt with his Isabel, got it, got her to level two holy, and I proceeded to beat on her a little bit to where I did some damage, got her set up for um, death, and then he ended up charging into my Victor, kills Victor, goes from having burn, uh, basically the burn effect to kill her because I had used lug drug to set her on fire to prevent her level two from bringing her back. Yeah. And he, by killing, goes to level three, which put her to four hit points. It's keeping her alive. So the next turn, I was able to get Lug Drug down there again to kill. Um, and that was a two-soul Isabel that then died. So we had a couple turns oh. where it was like, turn three was a game reset. Turn five ended up turning into a game reset. And yep. Refugee played really well because it turned into, we both ended up having uh, four souls and it came down to the very uh, first activation on the final turn. Whether or not, because he had both Brock and Nephany basically in base to base with my shrine, or my effigy. Ooh, that's, and, that's not a good look. <laughs> right. The thing that worked out for me that made it able to happen is I was able to, I had Kane adjacent to Nephany, and I was able to place Drelgoth adjacent to Nephany as well. So when I charged with Cradle, I had those few extra dice I needed, um, and I was able to take Nephany from basically seven health down to dead, but it did take me my four swings to do it. Yeah. So it was so, a super close game. Yeah, it's all the way. So a random uh, side note, yeah. um, Isabel does not benefit from her own level two anymore unless oh, really? that got changed back in version two yeah they changed that in version one they made yeah. it so that like the idea is that she helps other people but you can remove her to remove her level two innate hmm. ability from holy i'll have to double check the wording on it then because when i read it 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 doesn't at least i don't think the card stated other it just says any friendly hero model okay um, so i'll have that to check that maybe... in but anyway Maybe that was uh, one of those fourth card things that got. It's possible because I, because I could have swore because I remember them changing it because it was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So the last line of divine intervention says this model does not benefit from divine intervention. Oh, so way. she hands it out to other people. So either way, it but still, because I yeah, it you know got it got lug drug back to a point where he was next to cradle. Um, and it let Cradle just go to town, which was nice again. So, um, but now that they've unlocked lists, um, you know, you and I talked about this briefly before we started doing the recording here. Really, I don't think I'm going to change anything about my Warband if I were. The only change I would make is actually the one that I started with originally, which is changing Cavardo back to Kogan. Because when I initially okay. did the list build, Kogan was part of my roster. And I ended okay. up choosing to bring Cavardo in over Kogan because I felt like I needed... Uh, I have all the damage in the world that I could want. I needed yeah. some more of that flexibility to be like, oh, that's a Donnie with stone form up. I can't get rid of him off the shrine. Telekinesis, go away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, actually. I think Kogan's a pretty good swap. I, I think, I feel like that swap is the, like... Okay, if my some of my damage is going to be banned out, it gives me extra damage. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, Kogan's also the worst aggressor in the game, uh, according to everybody. You know, <laughs> not Cheddar. everybody, but according to uh, AKA so I, Cheddar, yeah, yeah. 
I had to throw that in there because oh, yeah, yeah. whenever Kogan gets mentioned, uh, no, I, I I don't hate that swap. I think you get some armor punching, which feels like it's slightly slow in your list. If I'm trying to think right, like in Cradle, Cradle can help position right with her mm-hmm. the thing where she can move people. Uh, I forget what it's called, where she can teleport friendly models. Um, so I think Kogan doesn't seem bad. I mean, Cavardo does give you some flexibility there. Uh, his his magical eye laser is pretty strong. Uh, point <laughs> blank's pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think if you have good mind control targets, but nothing immediately popped into my mind as a very strong mind control target and what was in your warband. As for a strong mind control target, it, not really. I mean, you know, that's the whole thing, right? Is Cavardo's there more as just a utility piece, and if he gets to mind control, cool. Um, but yeah. really, it's there for he can light people on fire if he gets his eye target going, or he can throw some poison down in melee if we get into a massive scrum. And his telekinesis is one of the bigger reasons. But yeah, I'll be honest, I haven't really had a chance to even play with him yet, so... <laughs> Yeah, he probably also eats some bands, I would imagine. People are not huge fans of their models getting moved by other people. Usually. So Cavardo, I know, on occasion would eat um, bands yep. uh, from people. So, so All right, well, we just crested into the 30-minute mark. Um, all right. So I think we definitely should be uh, moving ourselves along into the Kickstarter. So why don't you go ahead and kick this one off? All right, so we've got a splash page for the... Judgment Eternal Champions uh, Kickstarter. Um, we we knew it was coming. I think they said mid late April. I think was their like last date. So we've got a bunch of information. We're gonna kind of go through some of it. Um, so the big thing here is they've kind of they've showed us what the starters are gonna be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the starter sounds amazing. I, <laughs> There's so you. much in the starter that it it blows my mind a little bit how much is in the starter. Right. Uh, and they've made some interesting decisions related to materials. So um, I think we'll start with that a bit. Cause I think that's the big one, of the big things. So first off the starter is a lot of stuff in it. It is two, three hero war bands, a gloom, the mat, mm-hmm. t- some 3d tokens, yep. cards and dice. Uh, and this is amazing. I, I think the, the most important thing to almost any miniatures game is the starter. You need to have something that if I am brand new to a game that I can pick up the starter, learn, use that to learn how to play the game. Um, and in some cases get going really fast. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned, and I'm going to mention the get going really fast. Cause I'm going to talk about what I think is the most genius decision they made with the starter. I have a feeling I know where you're going with this. Um, <laughs> yep. And I, uh, th- let, let me mention this real quick, because I do want to talk about this very briefly. Um, okay. The the heroes that they put in the starter, I think it's a brilliant choice that they cho- which ones they chose, because, uh, you know, if you look at them, right, for example... Doan Rungar, he's probably one of the best defenders in the game, and he's in the starter set, so everybody gets a chance to really start their game with him as an option, right? Um, And Skull just recently got a a nice boost to the way that he plays, and he's in there. So I think they did a really awesome job of picking a good couple of aggressors, a good couple of defenders, and a good couple of soul gazers um, with Saiyan and Zarin being in there. I think it's a beautifully balanced starter set. Yeah, and then to finish it out, you get Brock and Rakir. Right. So I think the big thing is that each of those three, each of the three warbands, so it is an Ista versus, is that Kragnar? I believe I think, so. Yeah. So a couple of things that's strong about that um, before I go into the my Your the, the Point. awesome choice, but most importantly, one warband is Doan Rocker, Brock, San, which is a very good core of an Ista warband. Mm-hmm. They're heroes that you're going to play a lot with Ista. And on the Krognar side, the Rakir, 
Zarin, Skull are three models I feel like in a lot of Krognar Warbands you're going to run. Absolutely. Um, and they, I feel like the Warbands feel probably pretty good into playing into each other. I think the Ista might have a little bit of an advantage just because Doan Regar can be a pain to deal with. And Brock kind of can chunk through a Skull relatively well just because the way that dice work and res and whatnot. Right. Um, but, and it's a bit more straightforward of a play style right, where Krognar's, but the Krognar can show some of the movement and the tricks and the stuff that people like. Oh, yeah. So I think, um, oh, I also forgot that you also get a Gloom in there. Yes. Uh, in the starter. So. Which, by the okay. way, newly crafted Gloom looks gorgeous. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so on to your point. Sorry. Yeah, so the intelligent decision I think they made with the starter is the fact that they there's two um, model types, I guess you can call it. So they're calling, they, they've got resin versus PVC. So resin is the standard, right? Multi-piece kit, lots of detail. Mm-hmm. Um, the creature caster kits I've built have been really, really good. Absolutely. Now, PVC is essentially, it's like, uh, I don't even know, hundred percent what it is. I, I mean, I would, it, I would say it's like a, it, it's like a more rubbery plastic. That's really a nice solid thing. Yeah. And the big thing about the PVC stuff is for those that have been following judgment for a while, the PVC is essentially what Jaeger was done with. Yeah. This means the models are pre-built. You do not have any glue or anything you need for the PVC version of the starter kit. Mm-hmm. Now the, it's, the reason I think this is one of the best decisions they could have made is the fact that if someone sees this at a con, at a store, whatever it is, mm-hmm. they can buy this starter, crack the box open, and immediately play the game. Bingo. There is no, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, hour, etc. of hobby time needed to build the models. And not that there's literally anything wrong with that. Um, but in the in the you know kind of vein of trying to grow your game the ability to buy a starter for a miniatures game in a fantastic looking miniatures game mm-hmm. right um you you can crack the box you can throw the mat down um it looks like from one of their pictures they have a walkthrough thing planned mm-hmm. um from their the stuff that's on the on the page um, I hope that the walkthrough is well done and it's very easy to follow because my thought is right. They crack the box open. They, they throw down the mat. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they, they open up that walkthrough and it gives them a nice intro to the game that, you know, within five minutes of purchasing this box, they could be playing judgment. Yeah. Now it, the only thing I do, uh, this, this is the only thing I want to make sure and mention is, when they do talk about these two sets, they're only referring to the heroes um, with, like, the pre-assembled robust PVC. So, Gloom, who is still in the box, may still be a resin model, even in the, you know, competitor starter kit that they're talking about. But that's okay, because that's Gloom's not super essential to starting the game out. Um, I actually might slightly disagree with you there. I think the monster mechanic is one of the more intriguing pieces of the game. It's definitely intriguing, but it's not... Like, what I'm getting at is, if you want to be able to sit down and start playing right away and just start learning the main mechanics of how movement works, how attacks work, things like that, the monster's not super essential. But even if, you know, you do that, you're still talking about, what, 15 minutes of build time, maybe? to clean yep, true. You know, to clean yep. gloom up and get gloom assembled. So I that's the one thing I wanted to point out is the fact that the monster from what it the way it reads is still going to be a resin kit. Yeah, so that yeah, that part we are we are unaware of yet. Um the other thing too is it does mention that the mat is neoprene mm-hmm. in the starter, which is also interesting cuz the original starter had a what was it they called the bifold uh-huh. cardboard. Um so, I mean, getting the neoprene version of the mat that's durable that you're that you're going to keep using because I know the bifold very quickly I was not a fan of using in the original starter kit. Me I mean, either. it got me playing right. It, so I don't I don't dislike that part, 
but I think long term, right, most players tend to buy the mats. Yeah. It, and no, having the threes mat included, I feel like is a big deal. Yeah. The the board, like you said, you know, it just gets abused and there's no that's just what happens with it. Whereas a neoprene, yep. you get to roll it up in between, you get to put it in its little pack or fold it up and put it in a box somewhere. It doesn't get abused like the hard cardboard boards do. Yep. So I, I think the the preassembled PVC stuff is it, it's awesome. Yeah. Now there are some now debates going on d related to, you know, resin versus PVC because, well, PVC is pre-built. Mm -hmm. um, there are some drawbacks to it. So you can't quite always get the same amount of detail between um, the PVC stuff and resin kits. Mm -hmm. They have some screenshots, but it's kind of hard to necessarily tell because yeah. I think the big thing with resin versus PVC is it's going to be those fine details that you kind of lose a bit. Um, so from the the pictures we have, it's hard to tell how much of a difference there is. Um, and I think that's going to be a little bit hard to see unless we get some really good, like, direct side-by-side -side shots that are high quality to be able yeah. to tell the difference, which I hope, I really hope they do that for the Kickstarter because I think... Like I know I'm I am much much more of a, a player versus a hobbyist. Like mm -hmm. I don't mind building the resin kits. I've done it for you know all these other games I've played. Um, but, but the durability of PVC and the speed of like all right, I bought a hero. I can now play it without spending mm -hmm. any time is fantastic. See, and that's that's what I love about you know especially this right is I am definitely more the hobbyist and. Uh, and, and I love the game. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's why I play it, right? But I definitely, there is some enjoyment for me personally when I get to build a model, then paint a model. And it's that super satisfactory thing that I get to feel when it's done. Um, but like I kind of put in the Discord, you know, I said give me resin or give me death as a joke. It's, I want a resin set for myself because I want that fine detail, but I really do want a PVC set as well so I can break it out with somebody who's brand new and it's, they don't have to worry about if they break one of my models or something that I've been working on, you know, for a long time and then feel bad about it. It's, here, let's play with the PVC guys. Here we go. Yeah, and I think at the, at the price point they're doing the heroes, you know, having some extras that are PVC, and and we don't know at this point if everything will be available in resin or PVC. I don't think that determination's I been made. Think Creature Caster said that they were planning. The main plan was to stay resin, and the yep. PVC was going to be specifically for the. Yep. Um. Let's see. For here. the starter. Yeah. So let's see here. I'm I'm going back through so you can. If you want to okay. take over so, kind of talking about. Yeah. So the one thing I do want to call the Kickstarter is the resin starter kit. They have called limited, which might mean that it's only available through the Kickstarter or in limited numbers after. So it does appear that the PVC. Um, so the, the resin one is called the collectors. And then the competitor starter set is the PVC. Um, they it does appear that the PVC at least for the starter is the go forward, but I do know, like you said, creature caster. I think everything they do is in their resin. Um, I don't think that uh, that every hero will be done in PVC. I think it might just be those starters, right? Because again, the idea the idea behind the starter is you crack the box, you get to play it right away. Um, with minimal minimal startup time or build time on your models or any of that. Because the starter literally comes with everything you need. Um, down to the mats, down to dice, the cards. So um, it will be interesting to see if they do everything in PVC or if it's even an option. We don't know yet on yeah. that front. I'm even, like I said, I went back and started looking and you're right. They actually haven't said anything. I thought they did. Um... Oh, well, actually, I might have spoken too much, too soon. So, um, and again, okay, as we're so talking here's about this what stuff... Peach, here's what Creature Oops. Caster Peter said. Sorry, I just found it. That's fine. Um, future models will be released in resin with the possibility of PVC depending on the interest generated in the Kickstarter. 
Okay. So with that being said, I mean, at least we can say for certainty, if you really like that option, guys, make sure you invest in it because that's the only way they know that they can make, you know, go continue yep. going forward doing it. And I do want to call out here that um, all this, you know, the Kickstarter is not launched. All of this stuff is subject to change. Um, they call. could <laughs> decide against some of it. I, I would assume at least for the starter stuff that they have shown, it, the PVC versus resin is probably going to be the two options. Yeah. And I don't, I don't foresee that changing. Um, but the PVC and or resin options beyond the starter, we've, we have no idea. Yeah. Um, which one thing I do want to call out here is <clears throat> it was posted on Facebook that with the, yeah, with the um, Kickstarter, um, not every hero is going to be available um, when the Kickstarter, I believe they said they want to ship or release October, November timeframe. Um, again, this is also subject to change, but uh, guns did mention that including the demons that are already available um, through creature caster because there are six demons i think mm -hmm. that like they had models prior to um getting rules for judgment um there will be only 35 heroes now i'm trying to remember the exact number of version one heroes i think it was the low to mid 30s this does mean that there will be some handful of heroes that will not have version two models when kickstarter releases or essentially when version two releases which is what i'm going to think always kind of say when you know the kickstarter is shipped i feel like that's when version two is released right so in the november october time frame of this year there will be some handful of heroes that are missing and i know that that is kind of a pain point for some people um i feel like to, it, to me it depends on what is missing if it's you know so there's limited options for say soul gazers and defenders if there is a huge amount of either of those, either of that, you know, hero class that is missing, I think it's a problem. Or if it more negatively impacts, you know, one god versus another. So say, say for Gruul, they're missing four champions, we'll just say, of their 12 options. That's a big hindrance to being able to play Gruul, right? Yeah. So, and um, I mean, let, let's be honest here. Um, I'm I'm gonna be uh I'm gonna come in and say I'm gonna give Guns and Tirith and Creature Caster Peter benefit of the doubt because they haven't done us wrong yet ever, um and that that's one of the things is that I think they're probably when they're talking about this they're that's something that they're keeping in mind, um and they're gonna try to make sure that they don't hamstring anyone God and you know that's what I would like to think is that they're trying to make sure that nobody is going to suffer too tremendous, you know, tremendously from that. Yeah, that would be my thought as well, right? Like I'm, I'm assuming that that kind of a concern they're very well aware of, mm -hmm. right? Is that like, Hey, if we, if we take out four champions from gruel, that's really going to hamper your ability to play gruel at launch. And I think, like I said, benefit that out here, I, I'm assuming that won't be a thing. Unless production schedules or something cause issues. Again, this is subject to change. Maybe the amount of missing heroes could increase or decrease by the time Kickstarter stuff comes out or the Kickstarter launch actually occurs. Yep. Um, depending on if they have issues with production or design or whatever it is, you know, with Absolutely. model stuff. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm not... I've got a question I want to ask you here, uh, yeah. Wonky. So you've had a chance to look over that page on the... Uh kickstarter what do you think yeah. of the new card design oh yes uh okay <laughs> so new card design is i really like it i like the bigger art for the heroes mm -hmm. um i think the the illustrations and artwork for the game on the old cards was a little bit limiting with how much it showed um i think the new stuff where it's essentially like the upper two thirds of it is, you know, the hero kind of a bit more than just a headshot. I really like, mm -hmm. um, we don't have super great pictures, but it does look like all the stats in like their damage line are on the front. Mm -hmm. And then I'm assuming on the back is their level ups, um, right? So they're level two, they're level three active abilities, that kind of stuff. 
Um, I don't know. I don't have great pictures of the cards, to be honest. The best one we've got, um, right, is the main banner where it's they're in between yep. the collectors and the competitors. Yep. Um, looking at the little video thing they have, mm -hmm. it looks like the item cards are smaller, kind of like almost half card looking things looking at it. Cause I do have those. Yeah. They remind um, me of like the equipment cards from kingdom death. Uh, sure. I don't it, know. It, kingdom it, death. So that's fine. That's fine. Basically they're yeah. only a little like, uh, it's like, you're like a half card kind of, you know? Yeah. Inch yeah. and a half by inch and a half. Which yeah. I think is so that, great because it's a space saver. Yep. Um, it also looks like they have the... I can't quite tell what's on the bottom. But it might have just the name on the bottom with that. So you can like stack it underneath the card for what item is equipped on people. So that would be kind of nice. Yeah. Um, so you could kind of slide it under and only reveal that. But it's kind of hard to tell um, from the picture we have. Uh, the bottom, um, You're saying like at the bottom of the item cards or... Yeah, so the bottom of the item card, it looks like there is a green or red. So what that is, because if you look at the video, they're doing the side to side, back and forth. You can actually see yeah. what it is. It's delineating whether it's an offensive or a defensive item, and what it's uh, fake. Oh, okay. Because I would have liked to see that be the the item name, mm -hmm. so that when I'm playing on the table using cards, I could have slid right. the item card underneath and just expose that little bit to save some space. Again. Not a huge deal. Right. Um, it does look like Saiyan has multiple cards, but I don't know if that's multiple of they're just showing it to show it, mm -hmm. or if it's like each hero has multiple cards. Um, so we'll have to see how that goes, because they could sell multiple cards, right? It could be the the first card is their base card. Yeah. You know, the next card is their level ups or something. Um, and then the other big thing is with card design, which is somewhat sad, is uh, hashtag fourth card is no longer a thing in the new <laughs> card design. Um, the fourth card was fantastic, at least to, for me, because the way they yeah, were doing the cards, they had the space. Um, and it allowed for in-print clarifications of rules. Um, and I quite like that, because sometimes there are some interactions that aren't always super clear. And the fourth card tended to clear those interactions up a bit. They they do have a plan, however, for a more consistent like FAQ about hero rules and interactions that will be posted, I believe they said on the forums possibly mm -hmm. or somewhere on their site. So that kind of eliminates the need for the fourth card, yeah. but not having to have a printed out extra document or something for some of those very straightforward, you know, commonly asked questions, I guess right. would be what's kind of nice. That's true. Um, um I, I'm going to say this. I, I like where the card design is. I think it's great. The overall look at it. My only qualm, because I'm actually a graphic designer uh, by schooling and everything. Uh, I look at it and I see where their attacks are and I'm, the biggest thing that I have is that red number for their damage on the like reddish brown background. Oh yeah. I can agree with that. That That's Looking my only like those... design qualm that I have with this is I'm like, that makes that kind of hard to see at times. And it kind of blends in a little. Yeah. The contrast. So they've got, but white it still looks good for like overall. Yeah. Like they've got white for the like weapon name, the reach, the action cost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it looks like the damage is all in red and yeah, with the cards having a reddish background at that point, the contrast there is not great. Um, so yeah, I, I could definitely and, see that. And who knows, you know, once again, keep in mind guys, we're, we're always going to say this, this is something that we're looking at and we don't have in person, you know, cards in our hands or anything. We're just looking at it based here. So once you get it in your hand, the red could be super, super bright, and it stands out away from that brown. Yeah, it, it very well could. Yeah. So, um, but so, yeah, the card design's pretty, pretty sweet. I think and, overall. Mm-hmm. I I love it. I do love the new look of it. I think it's great. Um, I hope. I actually really hope they do a full set of cards that you know you can grab and pick up and 
use? Well, I assume they would because they've talked about creature caster models, including the card. So I would assume that there would be. I hope so. Uh, that that's just me. So yeah, <laughs> I, I I think the cards will always be an option. I don't think they want to force everyone to have to use the app. Now with the new cards comes the comes there are there is a minor problem with cards. And that is the fact that um, currently judgment is patched every three months. Mm-hmm. So the ability to get replacement cards for your hero. Also, if you're not super up to date, right? So yeah. obviously a big thing with cards and this happens across multiple games that have cards with models is that if the card is not up to date with the rules, how does a person know, right? Like if I'm new to judgment and I'm exactly. not, reading the forums and, you know, on the discord or whatever it is, it's going to be hard to know if your card's up to date necessarily. Yep. Now you could also argue that if someone's new to judgment, they're just playing with their friend or someone, the card, you know, playing out of date with, with an out of date card, isn't as big of a deal as long as, yeah. you know, they're consistent. You, you have both um, sides to that argument, right? Correct. But it is a, a bit of a feels bad moment if like hey me and you were were playing the game against each other uh with our say our version one dot or two dot oh i suppose yeah. like saying card and then we go up to the game stop game store to throw down a game with someone new that's playing judgment and they're like well your saying card's out of date in something changed yep. most of the time the changes aren't drastic but there have been a few patches where there's been some pretty substantial changes to a hero. Yep. Um, the one that always sticks out to me is the Gendrus and Svetlana changes where they got the summons. Yep. Those were. Huge. Uh, yeah. So that's a very big change to a car, you know, to that uh, hero that occurred in a patch. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the other one that comes to mind a bit is when they did some of the sticks changes, right? They gave him a res. Oh, they switched yeah. his level two. That's true. So that was kind of a big change now. Is that that's the thing with cards, right? I know they previously had, had done stuff with I think it was drive-through cards to be able to RPG allow people to get updated cards. So I mm-hmm. hope that they continue some of that or have some sort of plan <coughs> for that going forward. Because right. right now we haven't heard anything, but again, they're just trying to get the Kickstarter going, and that's you know that's the thing with any game yeah. that has cards. So. Uh, I'm going to keep us rolling forward here because we are getting ready to yeah. approach the hour mark and we have some, one more thing we definitely need to talk about. You want to take this one right off the bat? Oh, yeah, sure. So, exclusive sculpts. Yes! Uh, <laughs> we we don't know. I think it, and it, it's been mentioned that there could be two exclusive sculpts. I don't think they, again, have hard or, like said, hey, this is what we're at. The only um, thing that they have said on the Kickstarter page so far is there is one bonus hero with Kickstarter exclusive sculpt. Now, whether that okay. changes or not, um, you know, for there being two or anything like that, that's obviously up to them, right? But they have said there will be one bonus hero that is an exclusive sculpt with the Kickstarter guaranteed at this point. Yep. So that will be... The thing I, I'm intrigued about, I think that, you know, Kickstarters tend to always do that. Mm-hmm. Um, in the big and the important thing here is that the exclusive model sculpt, etc., is not like that's not the only way to get it, because I know that's how a lot of other board Kickstarters do it, especially mm-hmm. like board games are like, hey, if you kickstart it, we'll give you this exclusive whatever it is. And there's no way to get it ever again. Um, so the important thing to note that people that aren't fans of that is that the exclusive they've said, I believe are just alternate sculpts for heroes in the game. Mm-hmm. So it won't be anything that you won't have access to, to be able to play the game. It's just, Hey, we're going to do an alternate version of, you know, this model. And I think the one that they had spent kicked around again, not confirmed is that one of the exclusive sculpts might be an alternate sculpt of Isabel. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been some chatter about her in general. I know from version one, a lot of people weren't huge fans of her model. So maybe they're trying to like really give her the treatment so that, so that people can, can, uh, you know, enjoy 
the new model. I always didn't mind the Isabel model. She was a bit more static than some of the other models in the range. Um, I, but I think that's fine to have some models that are a bit more static versus everything being super busy all the time. Yeah, I, I um, think the biggest one that I always heard from people about Isabel Wright was that um, it wasn't just that she was static. It was that you saw the artwork that was produced for her and then you saw the model. And the model just had that, like, I hate to say it this way because it's going to sound really bad, but it's like old woman face that's just bitter and angry. <laughs> um, okay. And that was one of the biggest things I heard from a lot of people is it's just like, she doesn't look like this, like, young, you know, filled with energy paladin. She just looks like this old, bitter and enraged woman. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> okay, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, right, like, you know, people when people think of paladins, they kind of have a picture in their head a bit of what yeah. they kind of picture. And I think it didn't quite meet some of those expectations, right or wrong on that on that front yeah um like i said i actually didn't mind the i thought she was good the model too much um because like i said i think you can't have every model being super dynamic or every time you put stuff on the table it's gonna it always feels way too busy i mean mm-hmm. again that's a bit of a personal well uh, preference I, I think it, it sets up a um uh, an unfair expectation as well because then you know on the designer side it's this model has to be just as busy or just as active looking as these. Otherwise they're going to get looked over. And that's not what you always want. Sometimes that singular pose that's less action based means way more to that model. Especially where lore is coming with this, right? Um, Like to me, the Isabel model being very static in the aspect of like, she's standing there getting ready to take on the hordes of, you know, Zaren's undead is what's in my mind. Um, with her charged, you know, gauntlet and blade, that's way more inspiring to me personally than her, like being in the air, swinging her sword or anything like that. Cause then she'd yeah. just be like Zonia. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what the other exclusives are. Um, I have this, really greedy thought that I kind of wish they would do an old sculpt for each of the avatars for each of the gods, which would be six. I'm with you. On I that think that, personally. I think that would be cool is that each, each avatar of the God, you could get a special version of your avatar in the Kickstarter. I think that would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they didn't want to necessarily do hero models, maybe do alt sculpt effigies because effigy models are also being um, included in the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, that are themed around each of the gods. So like, that would be a cool, like, Hey, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a hero, but you know, all the effigies have old sculpt effigies. So some, you know, cool defining factor. That's a bit different about them uh, for each of the gods. Cause I feel like if it's Isabel and say it's, we'll say Zarin, cause he's in the starter. Right. So then you're saying, like, if those two have exclusive sculpts, like those two avatars of uh, Krognar and Ista, um, which actually would make sense because they're also the two starter factions in the in the starter box. Mm-hmm. They're not factions, gods. Uh, like, then I would maybe feel a little bit left out, right? If I was, you know, me being a gruel and Tomas player for the most part at this point, uh, like not having a Fazil and a Gendrus that also had a cool exclusive from the Kickstarter. Um, But that's, you know, that's six extra sculpts they're doing. And that, again, might take away from the number of heroes they're releasing. So that's the, like, greedy part of me kind of wants, like, all right, I think every avatar should have a sweet alt sculpt. And then, like, you could do your pledge level where, because I don't know how they're doing the pledges or what they're doing, but you could have a pledge level where it's like, hey, it's a starter plus all the gruel models. Mm -hmm. And then your bonus for pledging at that level is the exclusive Gendrus. Like to me, that just like it clicks in my brain is a cool way to do it. Yeah. Um, And uh, Guns Tirith and Creature Caster Peter, feel free to steal this really cool idea. Right. Anything, (laughs) anything that we say on here that triggers a really cool idea, please steal it and do it because. Yeah. Uh, because, like, it actually, the Gendrus model, we saw an early illustration. We haven't seen much since. But she was one of the better models I think they had in version one. So I'm intrigued to see how she gets to version two. Yeah. Um, 
hopefully with a less breaky staff because her staff was a bit of a problem. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see how that ends up working out. But um, yeah, I'm looking, in a few weeks we'll have Kickstart more Kickstarter information when it launches. I'm sure we will we'll run down the Kickstarter as soon as we get it on the podcast. You know, talk about the options that are there you know, what kind of choices to make and try and cover that to give people some info Yeah. Um, on that once it's released. Um, definitely, most definitely. Um, and, you know, maybe, uh, I know you and I have talked about it in the past, um, <clears throat> maybe one of these days, especially with the Kickstarter getting ready to launch, maybe once it does launch and everything, maybe we can get lucky and get, uh, you know, like Creature Caster Peter on or one of the creators on to do some talking about it with us. Yeah, that might be something if, if they're willing to, and we can reach out to those guys and, and see. And, um, and here's a reach out guys. Listen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think that's pretty good for our, our first episode here. Yeah. Uh, and, and the nice thing is, is we haven't run on at the mouth to where we're looking at an hour and a half in here for you guys. We're at about an hour and five minutes, which is great. We've covered yeah. a lot of good yep. material here, and, uh, you know, obviously, as we always say in every episode, uh, to everybody listening, if you want to come on and talk about stuff with us, let us know. You know, we'll get you kind of set up in a queue so we can do that. Obviously, we're not going to have people on every episode with us, because sometimes we just have to get through things. Um, but please reach out. Let us know topics you want to talk about or things you're interested in. We love talking about this stuff. So all you're doing is just giving us more airtime to talk and produce content for you guys. All right. Uh, and I think that's pretty good for us here. So thanks for listening and we'll uh, look forward to having you back next time. Absolutely. Have a good one guys.